the drip aficionado is hard at work again, people. We know you're sick of us. We know you hate us. That's why we're going to be here. The horse is back and our jockey is Russell Wilson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. I am your co-host, Cooler, and today I am joined by the flip side of my pillow. How are you doing today, Jared? I'm doing good. A little bit of a Stuart Scott reference there. I like it. A what? Oh, a former ESPN host, Sports Center host. He used to say that all the time. Oh, I Cooler than the that. other side of the pillow. Yes, I knew that all along. <laughs> Were you just straight up just referencing an old saying? Yeah. Hey, I'll take it. I was if I were to do the intro, I would have said I am the ninth pick in the draft, and I am joined by the twenty-seventh pick in the draft. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh yeah, spoiler alert, this is gonna be the draft episode. The much the much bum, bum, bum. draft episode. Um for those of you who remember our draft episode from last year, we broke down really more in depth the top 10 picks and then we kind of talked about the first round in general talked about what we thought our teams were going to do in the first round we're going to do something similar here probably we're not going to get too crazy and go into the second third fourth i mean no one can predict that stuff usually uh but we'll, we'll do our best crystal ball here on the top 10 and then you know talk about what we think teams will do maybe versus what they should do because that's not always the same thing um and yeah we there's lots to talk about on draft week we're gonna have fun with it yeah it should be a good time i mean that's it's you know anyone's guess for the most part we had of course our accuracies and inaccuracies last year uh, i think you know if we really put our minds to it we should probably go like 32 for 32 now that the raiders aren't in the first round this year true um, I had a, my biggest inaccuracy last year was I said the Falcons were going to trade their top 10 pick to the Cowboys and the Cowboys were going to do something dumb with it. Uh, that didn't happen. So I was, I was no, they, I, they took the Falcons did what they were supposed to last year, which was a shocker. <laughs> I know. And now I yeah, anyway, and they still have a top 10 pick. So we'll get to talk about the Falcons again fun fact so let's let's talk about our teams a little bit later not that either of us are the falcons but um, i mean my team's the top 10 this year we'll get it we'll get to mine before yeah. we get to yours um but before we start i think it's interesting that this year's draft is not like most in the fact where most years you can pretty much put in pen who's going to be number one and number two and maybe number three even this year, it's really up in the air. There's about three or four different guys that could realistically be the number one overall pick. It wasn't like last year where Trevor Lawrence was the shoe-in and Zach Wilson was yep. the shoe-in at second. Um, and that makes it more fun because we really don't know uh, what the Jaguars are going to do when they get up to the, the podium on Thursday night in Vegas. So that's what makes it exciting for me anyway. Um, and it's also exciting that my team finally has a, a first round draft pick again. I mean, that's been a <laughs> Even while. Though they had to, they had to trade something to get that. I believe, you know, uh, yeah, they gave up something. I don't remember what it was, but here we are suddenly in the top 10. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Well, let's let's dive into the Jags since they are the first overall pick. And the Jags have a lot of needs. One of the needs they had from last season, they actually dealt with, you know, pretty quickly. And that was firing their head coach. Yeah, that was a long overdue and it was not even a season in. Yeah. Um I think uh, based on that, they're already in a better position than they were last year going into it. Hopefully, I, I don't have great hopes for this coach, Doug Peterson, um, but he is for dang sure better. Um, and I think, you know, without all the the press, I guess I'll say, coming down on him and on Trevor Lawrence, I think, I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a better chance. But that brings me to what I think the Jaguars, you know, need. And I, they, they have a lot of needs on defense. But I think with a young developing quarterback, they need to give him some weapons and some offensive talent to, to let him flesh out and let him develop there and then bring in the defense. Um, and I know that's a little backwards, and I, I, it's kind of hypocritical of me because I've said opposite of this before. But I think they need to go out. They need to get Trevor Lawrence, either a, a great receiver that he can rely in or get him, you know, maybe pick up a running back. So they have a – well, no, no, I take that back. They have good running backs. Yeah, so, I mean – Get him get him a receiver. So you think they're going to go with a receiver, number one? I don't – oh, gosh, that's right. They're number one. Yeah. Um, so I think the best receiver on the board right now is Drake London out of USC. And I think he's definitely a top 10 pick, but I don't know if he's number one. Yeah, that's true. I don't think there's a number one pick for receiver. In that case, I think then, and I, it's partially on me. I don't know all the, uh, all the uh, top prospects this year as well as I should, but I think either a receiver or maybe an O-lineman to help protect Lawrence. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be bad. And this year is the first time in a long time. I think the offensive line class is as deep as it is. I mean, this is a really deep offensive lineman class, which makes me, as a Seahawks fan, excited too. Um, the best offensive lineman is probably Evan Neal out of Alabama. A mm -hmm. lot of people have him being a top five top four pick um so maybe i mean i've i've seen some stuff where people make the argument for him for number one uh yeah i i i wouldn't be shocked if the jags went with line for their first pick but i am personally of the opinion that i think they're going to go defense i think they got their guy on offense last year with the number one pick um and now i think they want to go get one of these stud defensive ends to uh, shore up that side of things. And this is where things get a little tricky because uh, I spoiler, I think defensive ends are going to go one and two. Um, I think the Jags are going to go with Trayvon Walker out of Georgia, make him the number one overall pick. And then I think Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan is going to be right behind him, but don't, be shocked if that gets flip-flopped because Hutchinson mm -hmm. is just as you know valid of a first round pick I think as Walker is but I think they're going to go with Walker um 
And I think the fact that Walker, I mean, his film speaks for himself in Georgia, but the fact that he also is coming off a national championship team probably is going to maybe put him ahead of Hutchinson just a little bit. So I, I think they're going to go defense. I think they're going to go defensive end. And I think they're going to, uh, I mean, hopefully in their eyes have a stud at number one pick from two years in a row on each side of the ball now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, um, I can totally see him doing that. And I mean, defense is typically a good pickup, even, even if your offense is kind of bad, if you have a star defense, you can still win some games. Like I said, I think with, with someone who's, I think started off as rough, I think they need to have someone that's reliable for Trevor Lawrence to get to the ball to, to, you know, get him some of that confidence, get him acclimated to the league a little bit more. And I mean, we'll see how he develops over the course of this next year. But I mean, this last year I, I was, and again, this partially due to the fact that the Jag, the Jags are dumpster fire. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see a lot that I was impressed by. And I think a lot of that is to do with the Jaguars. For sure. And poor Lawrence had so much working against him in his first year in the league. Uh, idiot for a head coach. Sorry, there's no better term for that. Um, also, another fellow first round draft pick f- from his same college, Clemson, Travis Etienne, their running back, uh, tore his ACL. He missed the season. So, you know, that could have taken some pressure off Lawrence. He just had a b- bad first hand dealt to him in his rookie year. And Yeah, it was real rough. Yeah, so I think, and I agree with you that they, and I think the Jags probably have the same process right now. We need to do something to help him, you know, to to take some pressure off as much as we can. And um, maybe not with the first pick, but don't be surprised if later down the line in the draft, they're they're going for receivers and they're going for offensive linemen. Yeah, and this is a fairly deep class for both of those things, offensive linemen, like you said earlier. And then also receivers. So we could see some, you know, we could see some guys coming off the board for them in both those areas throughout the draft. Yeah. I would venture to say that overall, I don't know how many picks total the Jags have, but when it all is said and done that they have picked more offensive players than defensive players in this. Yeah. So let's move on to our second, second pick. Um, You already said who you think it's going to be. And honestly, I'd agree. Um, the Lions are in that weird spot where, you know, they're definitely in a rebuild. They're definitely trying to get their poop t- together, and I think uh, they're trying to f- they they're trying to figure out, you know, what they need to focus on. And I I think I agree with you that they're going to go with defense. Their offense was kind of starting to click a little bit at the end of last year, but then also you know Dan Campbell's a wild card, I'd say. I think he could go kind of anywhere with it. I wouldn't be surprised if he went totally off the reservation and went for a quarterback early. <laughs> I, would, I don't think I, – I am pretty sure that is not going to happen. I'm almost 100% sure that's not going to happen, but it's a funny thought experiment. Those are some fun headlines to imagine. Yeah. That would take the news cycle by storm if the Lions went with a quarterback at the number two spot. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they've got too much that they – well, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think they they go quarterback this year. I think they get some of their other stuff, and they've seen that Jared Goff can be good. He was in the past for a, a brief moment. 
Um, and I think they kind of try to try to ride on that. And I mean, I think most of their needs do fall on the defensive side of the board. They had some bright things happening on, on offense, you know, Almond Ross St. Brown really was starting to come into his own as a receiver at the end of the last year. And him and Jared Goff were making good connections. So I, I agree. I think they're going, you know, who's ever on the board out of out or Aiden Hutchinson and Tavon Walker. I think I, I totally agree with you. Whichever one of those is on the board, I think they take. Yeah. And that's a perfect way of putting it. I think whoever the Jags take, they take the other one. Yeah. Um, I just feel like it's going to be Hutchinson because, um, First off, the kid played at Michigan. He's like a homegrown talent Michigan kid. He has already said publicly that he would love to play for the Lions, his hometown team. Um, I'm pretty sure they've met with him already. They've Both parties have expressed their interest in it all. If the Jags take Walker and Hutchinson's still there, I think you can lock it in that he goes to Detroit. I mean, this seems like a match made in heaven for both sides. Uh, and the kid was a monster in college. I saw some games he was in. Uh, he was a finalist for the Heisman, if I remember correctly. And it's been a long time since a defensive player has been a finalist for an award that almost goes to a quarterback every year anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of speaks for itself right there on the kid's talent. Um, and yeah, I, I just get the feeling because he's from Michigan, grew up watching the Lions, played for the Wolverines. Yeah, this is match made in heaven. So I think Hutchinson goes to the Lions and yeah. I think instantly and the Lions, you know, they're such an interesting team right now because they're coming off a pretty dismal year record-wise, but then you look closer at some of the games they lost um and they were right there in those games. They lost sometimes at the last second to an NFL record long field goal by Justin Tucker. Yeah. Uh, you know, overtime, just heartbreaking losses really for the Lions. And Dan Campbell seems like a type of guy, uh, he's a motivator. Like first yeah. and foremost, he's a motivator. He is a player's coach. Yeah, and he's going to have this team, they're going to be better than they were last year. And if they take Aiden Hutchinson with the second pick, their defense is instantly going to be better than they were last year. Um, and so Lions fans should be really excited right now, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, yeah, I think these first two, you know, are – I don't want to say clear-cut just because I feel like this top ten is kind of – well, top five, I guess. I feel like you can go a lot of different ways. Um, but I do, I do tend to agree with you that these edge rushers, these defensive linemen are going to be going in the beginning. One and two. Yeah. Um, the Houston Texans are up at three though. And this is uh, where things I feel like can start to get wild. There is a lot of teams this year, the Houston Texans being one of them that have multiple first round picks. The Houston Texans are at, excuse me, three and 13 this year. Shortly after that, you have the giants with two top 10 picks. Yeah. the giants Five and seven. And the Jets have two top 10, right? No, they don't. No. Uh, Or yes, they do. Excuse me. They have five and 10. Sorry. Oh, yeah. They they do have five and 10. Well, no, the Jets are at four. Four and and 10. Sorry. I I just saw New York and I just went off of that. (laughs) Lots of New York picks in the top 10 anyway. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it's interesting, these teams with multiple first-round picks, because they have maybe a little more leeway. I don't even want to say leeway, but, like, freedom to uh, get risky because, mm-hmm. you know, they're, you know, they kind of probably think at least one of these first round picks has to land for us. Right. If not both, hopefully. Um, well, and what I'm thinking is these guys have some serious leverage in trading. No, these doubt. first round picks are cards to be dealt. We've seen lots of teams do that. And we've seen a lot of teams jump on them, you know, it's too bad the Bears aren't looking for a quarterback this year. Otherwise, I'd say these guys are trading it to the Bears. Yeah. Well, there are teams looking for a quarterback this year. The problem is that is true. I, I don't think any of the quarterbacks in this year's draft are Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. Good. That's- no, I mean our our highest. I think everybody's highest uh, drafted quarterback is Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. And even still, I. He's projected to go in the top 10. I don't know. Definitely I, I, be surprised if he doesn't because. No, I think he ends up falling a little bit just well, because I feel like some of the defensive players, I think these teams are going to prioritize. Um, One of the mock drafts I've looked at has the Panthers taking him, which. Eh? Yeah, I, I, I mean, maybe, but the Panthers and we'll get to them in a minute. Their quarterback situation is um, odd right now, to say the yeah. least. Uh, but th- anyway, we're going to talk about these Texans. Let's talk about these Texans. There we go. Uh, the Texans, much like the Jaguars, are, are, in, are in a spot where they have so many holes in their boats. I don't know if they can ever plug them all. They They're just. Oh, I mean, Texas is just Houston has just been the the they've been punishment. the punishment. I I mean, that's where a player goes if their career is just on a serious downward spiral spiral, or like they're getting punished by something. Yeah, the football gods exile you to Houston if uh, if you're a player in the NFL right now and. I don't know. I don't know what they do because like you said, they have so many issues. I think the biggest, they just have to try to address the biggest ones right now. Um, And with, for me personally, I think this is where Evan Neal goes offensive tackle out of Alabama. I think he's the best lineman in this draft. I can say pretty confidently. Um, And the Texans need so much. And I think I think a good solid team starts on the line. Um, and yeah. I think that because my team has lacked one for such a long time. And mm-hmm. uh, if the Texans really want to do a build here, right. Um, I think you need to start on the line and I think you need to go with, uh, I think if he's on the board at this point, you need to go with Evan Neal. Um, I think he gives you some sort of starting point to, to build around um, and then maybe focus on your quarterback situation. Once you have a, a solid ish line, I don't know. It, it's just, mm-hmm. they're a mess. And I think Evan Neal's a good way to start cleaning up that mess. But, you know, I know a lot of people think that it could be 
Derek Stingley out of LSU, that cornerback. I, I don't know what they do and what they, I'm not surprised at anything they do here. Yeah. Well. On, and honestly, like, I don't know. It's it, they're just such an unknown factor that they, they could pick cornerback. Like you said, they could pick offensive line. Like you said, heck their quarterback situation is kind of terrible. They, they could be the ones to pull a, you know, they could get a little jumpy. They could pull, you know, kind of like a Chicago bears and take a guy that or like reach on a guy like Kenny Pickett. If they want to be like, Hey, we're starting this rebuild. We need our quarterback of the future. Cause they, everybody wants their quarterback of the future. And so yeah. rarely that works out, but, um, it, again, they're just like the Jaguars. They're a bit of an unknown or not the Jaguars, excuse me. Um, They've got, or yes, like the Jaguars, they've got so many needs that they, I just think with how they've been such a joke of a franchise the last couple of years, who knows what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm really not shocked at anything they do here unless maybe they take a punter or a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, even then, though, there's that one kid out of San Diego State uh, Matt Arasia, I think is his name. The punter punt God, mm-hmm. they call him dude's excellent. If you haven't watched this film yet, he can pin it inside the five from like almost anywhere in the field. It's insane. Wow. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say the kid's going to be a first round pick, but if I wouldn't be necessarily shocked if he goes in the second, you know if- what? We need to normalize picking punters and kickers high. No doubt because they, especially punters, uh, punters make such a difference throughout the course of a game and people don't realize it. Um, now I don't know if we're going to ever see a punter or a kicker go in the top 10, uh, as awesome as it would be, but yeah, I agree with you. Normalize taking specialists high in the draft. Hundred yep. percent. So what's your official prediction on what the Texans do with three? I I will agree with you on the O-line. I think because I I because this draft is so weak in quarterbacks um I think they go O-line and then next year uh where you have a bit more in the way of quarterbacks coming up, I think they they build their O-line this year and have, you know, kind of a wall for him to come in behind. I think that I agree with you. That is a smart maneuver. That being said, Texans are going to pick a wide receiver. Ooh, ooh. So you just gave what the they should do versus what the, the hot take they're going to do. Yeah, Texans are dumb. <laughs> All right. Well, if not, not people that live in Texas, the, the Houston Texans, Texans are going to be dumb. This is the same franchise that didn't fire Bill O'Brien when they should have and gave him GM and head coach. Like they don't make good choices. Yeah. So if the Texans are dumb, what are the jets? Because the jets are at four um, in their first of two picks here in the top 10. Um, (laughs) I am kind of surprised the jets still have both their picks. I really thought, that they were going to trade one of these two picks in, in a trade for Debo Samuels. I really thought they were going to do that. Wants out of San Francisco. Uh, We haven't really touched on that since we took last week off, 
But yeah, that was kind of big news, especially right coming up on draft week here that Debo Samuel wants out of San Francisco because that makes things very interesting. And you were talking about these teams with multiple first round picks, maybe using one of those picks for trade fodder. He would be the guy that you think you would want to use that trade fodder for. Yeah. And I think it's not so much he wants out of San Fran, although I think he does want out of San Fran, but also like San Francisco needs to, you know, clear some space, clear some cap space. And I think Debo is one of the, one of those guys. I, I think he can, I think he should kind of maybe think about going to New York or the jets are at least thinking about him. Um, Cause I mean, what do the jets need? Yeah, they need to, uh, they need a wide receiver. They yeah. need someone for Zach Wilson. They need someone who could potentially be a gener, excuse me, a generational talent. What well, is Debo Samuels? <laughs> and Debo Samuel wants touches, right? He wants the ball. And he, he said that uh, in San Francisco, he said, give me the ball, you know, in whatever capacity yeah. he'd get it with the jets for sure. He would, uh-huh. um, and quite frankly, he'd get it with the Giants too. And I'll get to that in a minute because that's going to be my bold first round uh, hot take like I had last year. I'll get to that when we get to number five. Well, yeah. And I mean, in regards to the Giants versus one of these two New York teams, I think Debo would be better if he has any agency in this. I think he'd be better served going to the Jets because as much as I kind of ragged on him, I think Zach, Zach Wilson is a better quarterback than Danny Derps. <laughs> Tiny Derps. Yeah, I think that's what a urinating tree calls him, and I've picked it up. But um, I mean, I I think <laughs> I I think Debo Samuel gets gets traded to the Jets. I think this fourth round pick goes for him, and I think that's fair. I I mean, he is a He's he's proven himself in San Fran. I mean, had fourteen hundred yards last season, six tutters, like so you good player. Think, you think the Jets are trading the fourth pick to get Debo Samuel? I think so. Okay. Interesting. And then that would kick the 49ers up to number four. Uh where they probably take a wide receiver. <laughs> So, and then they would go out and probably take someone like Drake London, who I mentioned earlier out of USC. I, I don't actually, I don't think that the, God, I don't, I don't think that the Niners would take a receiver to replace a receiver. Get silly with it, man. But, you, you know, maybe it. they're like, hey, we're cutting Debo's cap space. We're going to get a guy on a rookie contract. Oh, I don't think they, I don't think they'd do that. Um, but I don't know. We, uh, it's it's gonna be weird, wacky, and wild. Or what do my friend Clay always say? Wet, wild, and weird. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, it's certainly gonna be in New York. Um, I think the Jets hold steady at four, though. I don't think they trade the pick. I think um, I'm gonna go completely 180 from you here. I don't think they address the offense yet. I think they go with defense. Um, and I think they take my boy out of Oregon, Kayvon Thibodeau, who's another excellent defensive end in this uh, in this class. 
that dude was all over the place for the Ducks. And I know he had an injury for a while there. But when he was in, I mean, he was a difference maker in games. And it didn't seem to matter what offense Oregon played. Uh, he, he's just – and he's so fast. He's so fast, and his pursuit to the ball is excellent. And I think the Jets, whether it's right or wrong, I, I think they are either going to rely on their second first-round pick – um, or a pick later down the line to help Zach Wilson out on offense and go for a receiver or a tight end or something like that. Uh, but I think that, I think they go with Thibodeau here, defensive end. I think we see three different defensive ends in the top four, uh, which Very would be pretty crazy. So that that's my prediction for the Jets. Uh, let's go across the across the uh, way there in New York, though. Let's talk about the Giants now at number five. The Giants. Oh God, do we have to talk about the Giants? Well, I want to a little bit because this is where my hot take comes in. Well, if I wanted to be spicy, I say, well, if I was the Giants, I would have not reached a couple of years ago for Daniel Jones. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I mean, they've just been s- such terrible drafters lately that I just, I think they waste this pick in one way or another. They either trade it for something that's not worth trading for, or they pick someone that they shouldn't pick. Um, Honestly, if they were, if they were smart, they would invest in offensive line talent. Um, uh, Maybe someone like uh, Ike Inakwa or Equano, or I, I butchered that name, I'm sure. Um, or, you know, any of the other offensive talents that we've talked about or offensive lineman talents, I, I think, you know, they get that offensive line going so that Daniel Jones isn't getting sacked as much that Saquon Barkley, if he's healthy, can run, uh, but they're going to probably do something stupid. Yeah. Tell me what they're going to do, Jared. Tell me what they're going to do. They're going to trade the pick. And they're going to do exactly what we were just talking about the Jets maybe doing, but they're going to trade this pick to the 49ers and get Debo Samuel. No, don't don't put that evil on Debo. I it, like Debo Samuel. I like him too, and he's an excellent receiver. And, yes, this would be a I, – I, I agree with you where I think oh. – I think of the two New York teams, he'd be better fitted going to the Jets. However – the Giants have no interest in Debo Samuel's mental and physical well-being, um, and they want – No, don't put this evil in the air. This is their way of trying to show the league that Danny Dimes has got it by giving him he a – He doesn't got it. He's, I know he the doesn't. The only thing Daniel Dimes has got is fumbles. <laughs> He's a gazelle. He's a gazelle. Um, is fast and they're gonna oh. they're, they're gonna trade this pick to the 49ers and i don't know what all of the details of the trade are gonna be i'm not a i'm not a general manager here but uh i think they're gonna trade it to the 49ers get debo samuel and then suddenly the 49ers have the number five overall pick and then i say the 49ers use that pick to take Derek stingley the cornerback out of lsu um it put him on their defense alongside nick bosa um, Ooh, that'd be scary make the defense pretty scary because i think stingley's 
probably the best uh, defensive back in this draft. Now, this is my, like I said, my way out there hot take. I did the same thing last year with Atlanta and Dallas. Nothing remotely close even happened. So um, it'll probably be the same thing when all said and done here. However, I feel like it's tradition now that I have to give one of these uh, piping hot takes in the, in the top 10 of the draft every year. So get used to it because there'll be more where this came from um next year but that's what i think the 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 blockbuster move of the night's gonna be on thursday night put it in the books oh yikes <laughs> yeah I, I i debo samuel if you end up in as a giant i fear for your health quite frankly if you end up in new york period i fear for your health but uh i fear for it more with the giants probably <laughs> yeah Carolina Panthers. Carolina, your division buddies. Man, Carolina is... I think it depends on... Gosh. Carolina is in a really rough spot right now because they've got Cam Newton, who I think we all can agree is washed up. Yep. He is... Out of his prime, he does not have it anymore. Um, and I don't think that's, you know, not of his choosing, obviously. Nothing that he could have done about it. He got injured, and I just don't think he was ever able to come back as strong. Um, and they've got Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold started off serviceable and declined to a point which led to the situation that they're in now. And a lot of people are talking, like I said, I've seen several mock drafts where they are the one to pull the trigger on the quarterback gun and take Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. I don't know. I don't think they do that. Um, I, I think they try to bolster what was a fairly strong defense last year in taking, um, Potentially, if he's on the board, I think they take someone like Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. You already mentioned him. Mm-hmm. Or potentially a cornerback, someone like Sauce Gardner. I just wanted to say Sauce Gardner because that is one of the top 10 names in the draft. Sauce, yeah, one of the best nicknames out there. <laughs> yeah. The Panthers, um, took, um, they took a defensive back last year in the draft too, didn't they? In the I first believe round. they did. Yeah. Oh, I'll look it up while you go on. Um, um this pick. But I I don't think they make a play for a quarterback here in the draft, just because I don't. I think Kyle or Kyle Pitts, uh, Kenny Pickett is good. I don't think he's top ten draft good. I think it's a bit of a reach for him. Um, I think they should be trying to or i i'm sure they're looking at it but i'm i'm sure they're seeing like what baker mayfield's doing and feeling out that quarterback market there's always that rumor that espn likes to pass around that uh kyler murray is unhappy and wants traded um so i'm sure yeah. they're feeling that option out i don't think kyler murray's going anywhere but yeah um yeah the kyler murray thing's interesting so, yes, last year the Panthers with the eighth overall pick took J.C. Horn um, out of South Carolina cornerback. So, mm-hmm. 
it would be interesting to see them grab a guy like Sauce Gardner, another cornerback, and really shut that downfield. Have, have a scary secondary. Um, it's not something that's completely out of the realm of possibilities. Um, I've heard some people say maybe this is one of those crazy last minute things where they trade with the Browns to get Baker and get that thing dealed. Uh, no, what's happening right now is why Baker hasn't gone anywhere is these teams who need a quarterback, Seattle included, I think are waiting and biding their time, knowing that eventually the Browns are just going to have to let him go. And then they won't have to trade for him and they can pick him up in free agency. So I think, well, and I, I don't think that's, that's a safe move for these teams that are in need of a quarterback. Someone's going to have to blink is the thing. And the Browns, I don't think are going to be the first ones to blink. Yes. They've got their man that they paid way too much money, but they're they, still kind of, they're, <laughs> uh, they're still kind of waiting to see, like there could still be something that comes down do, with his, uh, yeah, with all, uh, with all his mis misdeeds or alleged misdeeds i guess um his non-criminal misdeeds according to the court of law yeah um yeah i mean he's still um, could be suspended yeah and that's the thing i don't think the browns are gonna blink because they might need someone to play back up i think the browns are stupid enough to blink quite we'll frankly, see i don't I, know i still i highly i hotly disagree with what they did Oh, I don't know so, why my adjective there was hotly, but I mean, I told I'm with you though. They were dumb, and that's what makes me think they could blink first here and then get nothing for Baker. Um, and then he, I, yeah, we we talked about this at length before. Yeah, uh, to reiterate our feelings, we thought the Browns should have stayed with Baker, a man that you know played through injury for that team, tried. Um, I anyway, hope, I hope they win zero games this year. I'm just gonna same. say, I hope I. Hope I they- I, I wish nothing but uh, I shouldn't say nothing, but yeah, I wish nothing but failure upon the Browns right now. And especially, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So anyway, so what I'm trying to get at is I wouldn't be totally surprised um, if I don't think there's going to be a trade for Baker on draft night before draft night, as far as the Panthers go or anyone else goes um, is what I'm trying to say but I think the Panthers might go for Pickett here. Um, and I know that's kind of the popular pick and you made some really good points on why maybe they shouldn't and they won't. I just tend to agree with the masses on this one. I think the Panthers know that they're not going anywhere with Newton and Sam Darnold is not, you know, <laughs> the answer either. Um, I think they're going to look at this as an opportunity to grab a quarterback who, who they might see as a top 10 quarterback uh, as far as picks go here and take it. I just think they're going to go for Pickett. Um, maybe out of depth. Let, let me, let me uh, pose another possibility to you. Okay. They don't go with Pickett here. What about Jimmy G? He's still on the board with San Francisco there. Oh, and on the trading block. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I think, uh, you know, Jimmy G is kind of that, um was trying to be in the mold of brady as like a system quote-unquote quarterback you know he might fit in with the panthers maybe a guy that is serviceable enough to get them into playoffs but maybe not the uh the long-term solution you know might be what the panthers need right now honestly 
I just think it's an interesting proposition, but I just think the Panthers want a guy that they can start uh, from scratch with. Um, Newton washed up, like we said. Darnold damaged goods, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, that, That big question mark still looms with him, for me anyway. In terms of the big moments, we saw it last year again in the NFC Championship. I'm sorry, I just do not see the the clutch factor with him, and I think the Panthers just want to. Yeah, but I, I, I know that you don't see that clutch factor, and he has made some mistakes, and I I've been harsh on him too because of things. But you know, even the players that we consider good, they. You know, even some of the players that we consider great, they've had those moments too where they've failed in those clutch moments. Yeah. I mean, not to bring up a sore subject, but let's look at the dreaded Super Bowl that we don't talk about. That was a clutch moment, game-winning moment. And I, you know, Malcolm Butler made that interception, making him a clutch player, but... The only difference is that Russ has proved in other clutch moments that he can make it work way more often than not. And Jimmy G hasn't done that for me. So I don't know. I just think the, but Jimmy, I would argue that Jimmy G doesn't have a long enough history of playing the game to have those clutch moments. You know, Uh, he was, he was basically out, you know, for those first two years with the Niners. Yeah. First year Uh, that he's back healthy. He brings them to the Super Bowl. I think, uh, you know, might be a little too harsh on the man. Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to budge on like Jimmy G opinion. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. Uh, and I, I just can't see the Panther Panthers wanting to try to build an offense around him. I just think they'd rather start fresh. So, I mean, I think they're going to go with Pickett, but uh, again, another kind of mystery team right now that's in the tough position, like you said, that I just can't really put a peg on one way or another. My gut feeling tells me Pickett. Um, I've even seen some people talking about another quarterback entirely who we haven't mentioned yet, Malik Willis, the other top quarterback in this year's class out of Liberty. Um, I personally don't think he's a top 10 pick. Uh, he's really good. But I've heard some people even speculate that Carolina might make a move for him here. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't see that one happening either. I think it's Pickett. I know that's the boring pick because everyone's doing that. But yeah, I think I, I think uh, Willis goes later on. And I agree. I think he goes in the first, but I think he goes later on. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you entirely. Um, so. Now that we're done with the Panthers, moving on to Giants part two, uh, pick they got in a trade with the Bears. What do the Giants do the second go around? Well, like I said, I think with their first pick, I don't think they traded away. I think they pick up an offensive lineman. And then I think this one, they flip it to the other side of the ball. I think they just, I think they take, uh, you know, defense. And they might be the one that, uh, you know, if if my pick falls through or, you know, if he's still on the board, I think sauce Gardner goes here or uh, 
you know, a corner of some sort. Sauce, uh, Derek Stingley, you know, one of those high-rated uh, cornerbacks, Trek McDuffel. Yeah. Depending on who's on the board and, you know, what the office is feeling, the front office is feeling, I think they take a corner. Yeah, things are going to get real interesting in this in this juncture of the draft. And I agree with you here. I think with this pick, they're going to go defense too. And I honestly kind of get the feeling they're going to go with Sauce also. Um, for anyone wondering, his real name's Ahmed, but Sauce is way funner to say. Um, so, and this kid in Cincinnati, he was really good in college. I mean, he made that Bearcats defense, like, really scary. So, he's going to be – excellent in the NFL I mean and he's going to help whatever defense he goes to um so yeah I think they're going to take Gardner here as well I think they want to address defense they're going to really want to address defense after they get Debo Samuel on offense right yeah Um, exactly (laughs) yeah so yeah let's sauce Gardner number seven right that was pick seven that's what the Giants have yep all right uh, let's talk about everyone's favorite team to talk about now, Atlanta. <laughs> um, Atlanta's in rebuild mode. Um, they picked their offensive player last year. Um, they weren't able to get it done. They're at a stopgap right now. They've got the underwhelming Marcus Mariota, just like the Saints have the underwhelming Jameis Winston. Um the the two quarterbacks that were going to be few franchise men that both sputtered out about the same time. Um. Anyway, they're both getting chances in the same division again, but I think Marcus Mariota, just like Jameis Winston with the Saints, I think they're both stop gap players. Um. You know, bridge quarterbacks to get to maybe next year when the quarterback market is deeper. So I think the Falcons are are taking the best defensive player on the board at the time. Okay. I think they're going to focus on defense. And then, you know, later on, uh, I think, you know, they, they look at some of the wide receiver talents on the board in the second and third rounds and, you know, maybe put some of those pieces in play, but, Right now, I think they go for the def- the best defensive player on the board at the time. Okay. Um, I think they're going to go offensive line. And I think they're going to kind of take the same mindset that I think Houston's going to take with it. Uh, yeah, we don't really have anything solid at quarterback right now. But whoever we have, let's try to keep him upright. And I think the Falcons are going to go with Charles Cross the offensive tackle out of Mississippi state here. Um, and I don't, I don't know why I get that feeling. I think they just, cause Kyle Pitts on the offense, you know, undoubtedly their best player now, I would say, especially now that Calvin Ridley's suspended. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I, I think they're going to go offensive line. Um but I wouldn't be surprised at all if what you're saying is correct here either that they're going to go with best defensive player available because they need a lot of help everywhere. Like a lot of these teams do right now. Yeah. And I mean, they, they just accepted it with, with, you know, passing Matt Ryan down the line. I think they yeah. just admitted they're in, they're in rebuild mode. 
They're just in straight rebuild mode. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Falcons are a question mark for me. I can't. Yeah, and I I agree they could totally go O-line. Their O-line wasn't that great this past year. Um, You know, especially especially at their left guard position that uh, Jalen Mayfield was not getting it done this past year. Yeah. Uh, and granted, he was a rookie this past year. He could get better, but he he let through a lot of sacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not of all the picks I've made so far up to this point. I'm one of the ones I'm least confident about probably is this Falcons one going O line. Uh, it's my gut feeling, but nothing more. I, I just can't. I can't make heads or tails of this team, quite frankly. Um, and I'm not one to talk because spoiler alert, my team's next, and I don't know what they're gonna do either. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna trade it, man. No, <laughs> they're no, gonna no, trade no. it. <laughs> they're gonna trade hey, it. They, no, 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 we're not gonna entertain that idea. We're no, not they're trading. Tra- this. They're they're trading it, man. They're trading it. Listen, <laughs> it's been a while since we've had a top ten pick. Um, really, a good problem to have for the most part. Uh, but yeah, anyone who knows anything about football. Uh, lately knows that Pete Carroll is famous for trading first round picks away. He's not going to do with a top 10 pick. I don't think he's made some, how do I say they're trading for Debo Samuels. Uh, Well, you know, that's the one thing I don't feel like Seattle actually needs right now as a receiver between Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I think we're actually fine in that department. We kind of in desperate need of help in most every other department, but (laughs) I don't know if Debo would want to come to Seattle either. No, and I don't, I don't quite, think so. I don't quite frankly know. I don't think, I don't think the Niners would let him go Deal him to Seattle. Um, I hope that Seattle goes that they don't take a quarterback here. Actually. I don't think Kenny Pickett or quite frankly, Malik Willis is going to be our guy of the future. Either. I, I don't, if the Seahawks are smart, they are, accepting the fact that they are in rebuild, which I think they did when they traded to Russ. And I think they. And cut Bobby. And cut Bobby. Yeah. I keep forgetting. That's the other part of that. That's the other edge of that ax. That's almost the part that hurts worse, but. The fact that he is now at a division rival too. Yeah. Oh, your division loves to punish you. Our division is for the, the Rams for the taking again, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with the Kyler Murray thing. Maybe nothing, but at the very least, it's not good PR for your team. And the Cardinals went mm-hmm. out with a whimper in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a nightmare. And then the 49ers, Debo wanting out and all this stuff, it's more drama. And the Rams have got to just be watching this as the defending Super Bowl chance, loving every minute of it. Uh, now that they have Bobby Wagner, who's, I don't know, I just don't want to think about that right now. I want to think about what we're going to do with this pick. Um, I think we're going to go for the offensive line, uh, here. And I'm going to mention a guy who's not in a lot of people's top tens. Um, but I know a little bit about him just cause I've watched a lot of his college film. He's actually an FCS player, uh, from Northern Iowa, Trevor Penning. Um, a lot of people have him in the first round. Not a lot of people have him in the top 10. I hope Seattle takes this kid if, uh, because I think he's going to be available at number nine. Uh, and he's a monster. He's like six foot six, six foot seven, I think maybe, uh, 330 pounds. And he 
he just straight up bullies people to the ground. It, it's he's impressive. And that's the kind of guy that I would love to see on our offensive line. It's the kind of guy I would have loved to see on our offensive line a couple of years ago before we lost our franchise quarterback. Uh, but if we're going to start from somewhere and if we're going to go with Drew Locke this season, which all signs point to that's what we're doing. <laughs> yes, laugh it up. Uh, oh, I just, I can't believe Drew Locke is going to be your starting quarterback. I, I hope you guys get Baker. I think that'd be so good. Oh, I think it'd be awesome. But even, okay, Baker or Drew Locke, uh, whoever our quarterback is, let's. I, th- I, I think Baker's got a real chance of being a real franchise quarterback if. Oh, He's yeah. got a better team to develop him or not even develop him, but to support him and like help fix his mistakes and not force him to play while injured. Um, yeah. And true lock is not it, dude. Oh, I know. I'm not, listen, don't get this misconstrued. I'm not trying to defend drew lock being, no, I know. I just, Oh God, I can't believe but, any team is resorting to drew lock as their starter. <laughs> Well, Denver did it a couple times, so I know I I said how little I respected that decision. Yep. Well, I think that's what Seattle's doing, though, and I think if they're going to go that route, you need to have some sort of semblance of a line here. And they already went and got Gabe Jackson out of the Raiders last year, who I like. I like Gabe Jackson a lot. I thought he was a bright spot on our line, one of the only. Um, and I think Trevor Penning would be uh excellent bright spot on our line too uh i would that's probably a reach i'm not, I'm not even gonna say i think they're gonna go penning i just really hope they do but i wouldn't be surprised if they went with uh another offensive lineman who's available at the time maybe a Quanu out of north carolina state um maybe any of the aforementioned if they're not picked yet Charles Cross or even Evan Neal, but I don't think Evan Neal is going to be available at, at nine. I just hope they go offensive line. And, and I, that's kind of what my gut's telling me they're going to do. Um, I think there's going to be a good portion of Seahawks fans that kind of riot if we don't go offensive line or quarterback. Uh, like I said, personally, I wouldn't like to see them take a quarterback, but I I don't know what Pete Carroll thinks anymore. I don't know what John Schneider thinks anymore. They have a plan, and I guess I'm just along for the ride, <laughs> and we'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't know. That's my two cents on where the Seahawks are right now. I would love to hear your take, bro. I just I don't even know. Welcome um. To the club. Man, I could see them taking a quarterback or trading that pick to try and get a quarterback. You know, one that's not in the draft. You know, maybe that's the the straw that breaks the Browns back. Is like, hey, we'll do you our top ten pick for Baker. They tr- maybe they try to trade for. I don't even know who who's trying to move right now. That's uh, I. But man, I don't know. O line, I think would be the smart move. I, I think O-line is always a smart move, especially if you're a team that, you know, has had a uh, rough, rough spots with the O-line in the past couple of years. Yeah. You know, where did the, where did the Seahawks end up at by the end of the season in terms of their O-line? What? Not the worst, but not, not top half. I wouldn't say, um, 
we were definitely stronger on, on the defensive line than we were the offensive line. I mean, Russell was still getting hit a lot. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know the exact ranking of where we ended up, but it, I wasn't impressed. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, O-line would be the smart decision. I don't know. The, the Seahawks right now, I feel like are having a bit of a fire sale and, and and consolidating capital basically yeah i mean i like i said big proponent of the idea of baker coming over and being the quarterback uh i guess that would be the only way i would be okay with trading this first round pick away as if as if baker was what we were getting out of it um but i think if the seahawks trade this pick and you're not getting baker um you're going to have a lot of fans up in arms, myself included. I would be pretty upset, quite frankly. Um, after everything that Seahawks fans have gone through this offseason, and we, we at least have a, a top 10 pick out of it, don't screw it up. And trading it away for anything other than Baker Mayfield would be screwing it up, I think. So, well, and, and I mean, I just – I don't trust the Seahawks. They, as a franchise – I honestly, I'm going to say this with it's coming from a place of love and as a man that has, don't don't butter me up. You don't have to, I have very jaded right now. I would be embarrassed to be a Seahawks fan. You took a generational talent in Russell Wilson, a man that, you know, as of right now is very possibly poised to have a hall of fame career. You got one Super Bowl with him, a Super Bowl appearance, which you lost in embarrassing fashion, as we all know, and took what could have been a dynasty and completely squandered it but because of the decisions of your organization. And, man, I just I, – I feel no sympathy for him. They've done stupid things. Oh, buddy, you always know just what to say to make me feel great. Um, I, I, I just, I, I know, I, I get it. They, they can't be trusted right now. No, I, I don't trust them. Quite frankly, I mean, people who listen to the show for even the last couple months know what my opinions of the Seahawks front office are right now. Um, and I agree with you. I mean, in a lot of what you say there, we, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm embarrassed to be a Seahawks fan right now. I'm just, um, depressed maybe is the way to put it i have zero faith in them at the moment i always am hoping for the best obviously uh but i don't think that's going to happen this year this draft whatever we're talking about until a lot of things change uh but i i just don't know i don't know right now and i'm not going to even pretend to know what they're thinking what they're planning and i've accepted it i'm at a point of acceptance now one of the five stages of grief i'm at the last one so yeah. I'm, I'm here, I'm here for the ride, whatever they do, I'm not going to get too high or too low about it because uh, you look back at the Seahawks time under Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, it is uh, so much potential that was lost because of dumb decisions is how I would sum it up. So I agree with you. There's, and you don't need to sugarcoat it for me because I'm their harshest critic right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm upset at them. 
to say the least. But I don't I don't want to talk about the Seahawks anymore. Anyway, so let's move on off past the Seahawks. Who do we got next? Who the Jets? The Jets. Who hold the, the pick Jets. Oh, that, that the Seahawks originally held. We could have had nine and ten here, but we did that Jamal Adams thing. Uh, one of the many great decisions <laughs> we've made. That's worked out poorly. Yes, sir. Uh, the Jets, though. Part two, Electric Boogaloo. Well, now that they've got Debo Samuels in my mock draft. That's right. In your mock, they have Debo. You, my... you had them taking O-line, correct? In the first, I had them be... Oh, God, I don't even remember now. I think I had them going defense. Oh, no, yeah, I had them going Thibodeau from Oregon. Okay. So Yeah, 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 yeah. So now, now that they've got Debo, I think they take o-line okay so I, I i think i've had like 10 o-linemen go off the board at this point basically hey i mean o- o-line's deep o-line is deep. so important though and i man i ain't yeah no i think they go o-line or they take defense here if if they trade for debo samuels i think they take o-line if they haven't and if if they I think they do one of two things in this draft. They either trade and get Debo Samuels. One of three things, actually. No, one of two things. Okay. They trade and get Debo Samuels, or they draft a wide receiver, and then they draft O-line, I think, to protect their their young man, their baby boy. <laughs> The, the the man who I saw someone caption a picture of Zach Wilson. They say he looks like he's about to go caroling in a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> they need to they need to protect that little guy. And then they need to give him weapons. And yeah, I think that's what they need to do. Okay. That being said, I am not an NFL coach or a front office. So they uh probably end up taking like defense. So I think in my mock draft, since they don't have Debo Samuel, uh, they're going to be needing a receiver. So I think this is where Drake London goes off the board. Uh, top wide receiver, or who I think is top wide receiver. Um, I think with the 10th pick, they take him, give Zach Wilson what they hope is that weapon on the outside. And they've already taken care of their big defensive pick with Thibodeau in my mind. So I think the Jets go bang. Actually, boom. I, I want to change it. I think they get wide receiver, and I think they go defense, not O-line. I forgot who their coach was. Robert Sala is a defensive man. He is going to pick defense. Okay. Let me – I want to revise my statements. All right. That man have... is picking defense. Honestly, he's going oh, or he's going D-line. They have he been... wants to be blitzing. <laughs> Your your previous statements have been struck from the record, and thank you, thank you. Yeah, the stenographer <laughs> is changing that as we speak. Yes, sir. Uh, I still think they're going to take Drake London here at number ten, wide receiver, and that's 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 where I've got my top ten. I kind of like the way this uh, this played out with our top tens here, not knowing a lot about you know, like I said, not having a sure and above number one guy. It's it makes it fun. Yeah, when in doubt, O-line it out. When in doubt, O-line it out. Uh, now, so let's, let's let's jump a couple spots to 27. To your boys. I was just going to say that. What do you think the Bucks need? I'm going to tell you what we what we need. And if Todd Bowles in the front office, which Bruce Arians is in that front office now, 
which I am happy. If we're smart, <laughs> we're taking D or we're taking O line because we had a m- couple of major losses on our O line this year. Ali Marpet is retiring or has retired, and Alex Kappa went to the Bengals. We, we really need O-line. We lost two huge pieces. Yeah. Um, and I mean, a couple of years ago, we drafted Tristan, Wirf, or Tristan Wirfs. He's been awesome. We've still got uh, Ryan Jensen, who is our center. Awesome. We need O-line. And I mean, we... Uh, did all right this past year. We were ranked number two in O-line, which is a lot different than what, what it used to be back in the day. But but missing those two pieces is, is, um, is rough. That is both of our guards gone. We need to replace those Asape. I like it. Um, I like it. Um, that being said, if there is, if, if there isn't anything that we can get without reaching, um, oh, excuse me. Um, maybe we look at, uh, gosh, I, I hate to even kind of think about it, but honestly, I think if we can't get a decent offensive lineman with where we're at, or like we just need to wait till the second round, I think we look at tight end. Uh, Cause right now Gronk is still, you know, we don't know if he's coming back or if he's re-retiring. Um, you know, Cameron Braid is still solid. Um, but, you know, I, uh, having Gronk was awesome. He really, you know, having that explosive tight end really changes up a team sometimes. And having a tight end that can make those big plays is, and be a blocker is huge. Um, you know, we, we've got Cameron Brayton. He's a very good tight end um, and can make some of those bigger plays. But we shined having that extra, you know, guy. You know, we have O.J. Howard, but he's got a history of, history of injuries and i just i don't know since we've drafted him he's had like a couple big plays and otherwise he's been hurt and honestly he's made some big mistakes i i most of my memories from watching him over the past few years have been kind of negative <laughs> which is not great but i digress I, i'm getting too deep into our tight end i i or i i think um you know our second look might be tight end and that's what I have to say about that. All right. Interesting. I like it. Um, I mean, I don't know as well as you do what you guys need, but I mean, we I need know, offensive. We need to, we need to replace our guards is a hundred percent. I know that. I know, I know you need offensive line. Um, and, and I think if a guy like Kenyon green, uh, the guard out of Texas A&M is available at this point, I think he's probably a good one to go after. Um, I know you boys like your defense down there and it might be different now that Arians isn't, I mean, I know he still has a lot to do with what goes on. He's not the head coach anymore, 
Um, but I know he still has a lot to do with the behind the scenes stuff. I wouldn't be shocked if you went defense here though. Um, no, I, I wouldn't either. Cause another piece that we need to potentially replace, it depends on if they can get a, something worked out. Um, but Nagama, Nagamaka, Sue, Ndamukong Sue. Sue. Sue may or may not be coming back and losing him would again be a big piece of our defense that we need to, you know, losing him sets us back. We need to have someone to fill that void. Um, Cause he is, uh, you know, he he's made a lot of room for other guys to make plays. Um. So, I mean, so it, we, we could totally take a defensive lineman here, too. Yeah. And in that case, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys go with someone like Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia, defensive tackle, who was really good on that defensive line that I mentioned earlier. Um, I kind of I kind of get the feeling you guys are going to go defensive line. I know you probably need offensive line more, but I get the feeling you're going to go why it's my pick for you guys. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, I think you're going to go and try to. Uh, so I think uh, the thing that you're forgetting is who our quarterback is. And I, I think with his hand in that mix, I think he is able to, if, if there's offensive line talent on the board, I think he's got enough sway to be like, Hey, I don't want to be on my ass all year draft O line. That's true. I mean, and it, I bet the team listens. Yeah. I mean, Brady coming out of a very short retirement. Uh, I mean, he, he's coming back and he wants to win a ring. No doubt. If, if we want to get back, he needs to be able to feel secure in the pocket to make his passes. He is not a scrambler. If we do not have guards, then he is going to be down. So I think we go O-line or, again, kind of for a similar reason. Uh, you know, we draft a tight end to help block, if nothing else, and we run a double tight end set. Yeah. I mean, Defense, a- I, I just I, – I think it gets addressed in the draft, but I don't think it gets addressed in the first round. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I, I have such a hard time picking this kind of far into it, usually. Um it's more just gut feelings at this point for me, but yeah, I don't know. You make some very good points. And like you said, if, if any quarterback in the league has sway over what his team does in the draft, it's most certainly Tom Brady, uh, definitely something he's earned. So I don't know. It's going to be fun. Uh, the draft starts Thursday night, round one, great time going to be in Vegas. Uh, there's going to be all the lights and camera in action. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm cautiously hopeful for what Seattle might do. I'm intrigued to see what these other teams might do here in the first round. Um, but before we wrap up, of course, we've got to do our shout outs and call. Nope, not yet, buddy. There's another piece of news that I told fan Lily to teen uh, student of mine. Oh, I bet I know what student. this is. I bet I know what it is. Go for it. I told her I would talk about the Celtics. Congrats to the Celtics, by the Congratulations way. Congratulations to the Celtics sweeping the Nets. Those those Brooklyn Nets who uh surprising that they find themselves in the position they're in right now. <laughs> you know what? I like I told her, 
I don't even feel bad for them. They. Oh, I don't. <sighs> they played stupid games and they won stupid prizes. They did. And Ben Simmons, that whole deal of. Ben Simmons is a turkey. <laughs> a turkey. All right. I like it. It was probably nicer than what I was going to say. Um, yeah, just an off series for Kevin Durant, too. Man, what yeah. a weird weird series that was for him jason tatum for boston who guarded him so well just shut him down uh yeah i mean huge props to the celtics they're the only team that earned the sweep in the first round uh as we record all the other first round series are still going on and undecided um which kind of leads me to my shout out i was going to shout out kind of a, a pair of teams here um I was going to shout out the Minnesota Timberwolves who have refused to say die in their series as we record currently tied with Memphis seven seed and the two seed two, two, uh, which has kind of taken some people aback. And then a big shout out to the boys down in new Orleans, the Pelicans who as an eight seed are really putting the boots to the suns in a lot of ways right now. Also have that thing tied up, uh, have suns fans a little worried that maybe the one seed isn't going to to walk on through the first round like they thought they might. So I love seeing lower seeded teams hang on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. And yeah. And then the, the nets who were also a lower seeded team did not show up to play in this series versus Boston. Um, so yes, congratulations to the, the nets have been a mess this year, man, from Kyrie and all that. To trading James Harden, man, what a what a joke they've been this year. What a year. <laughs> yeah, what a year. <laughs> um, no, it's uh playoffs should be interesting. Congrats to Boston. They are my shout out. I feel obligated to do that. Fair um enough. and the Nets are kind of my call out. Like, y'all should have been better. <laughs> really? Like, and not like, just in this series, all season. Like you yeah, were all like- season. You you were you know, last year you could have done it. You should have come back strong this year, and you came back. You know, not not strong. The yeah, opposite of strong week. It makes me wonder. Thinking back to last year's playoffs, that crazy game. I think it was Game Seven or Game Six, the deciding game when when uh, Milwaukee beat the Nets to move on, and mm-hmm. Kevin Durant hits what looks like a three in the closing seconds, and then they review it, and he was on the line, and it was only two, and it kept the Bucks alive enough to go into overtime and win. If Kevin Durant was an inch further back on that shot, it makes me think of how different the Nets might look right now, the NBA might look right now, because the Nets would move on in that series um, and eliminate the Bucks. The Bucks would have never won the title. The Nets might have gone on to win it and maybe put validation to that super team idea. But here we are, a super team, quote unquote, that has completely fallen apart, in my opinion, and swept in the first round of the playoffs this year. It's just wild to think of how much might have hinged on that one shot. Yeah, it, it is crazy. Um, but, you know, it's the, the way some of those things go. It's pointless to play the what if game. It's pointless yeah. to play the what if game. So uh, that's a good shout out and a good call out. Uh, my call out before we close up shop is uh, this happened a little bit ago. Since we took a week off, we might be a little late to the 
table on this one, but my call out is to Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts um, in a game more than a week ago. Now, almost two weeks ago, I guess it was Clayton Kershaw Dodgers pitcher. He was throwing an excellent game. Well, he was throwing a perfect game, actually uh, one of the rarest feats in all of sports. He was dealing them perfect up through seven innings and he was six outs away from completing MLB's 24th ever perfect game. And the Dodgers pulled him and replaced him. And I, there, and their argument was uh, try to save his arm for down the line in the season and not do anything now that would maybe screw up the long-term success. And I get all that. And even Kershaw himself wasn't really upset about it. He said, you know, he said, I, I get where they're coming from and that's part of the game. And the, you know, but he was only at 80 pitches and I've seen this guy throw complete games and no hitters. Um, I mean, he is one of the best pitchers in baseball and to not let him have a shot at immortality like that, to pull him from a perfect game. It just, I can't, I can't look past it. So that's my shout out. No, that's, call that's out. silly. Call out. So silly. Oh man. It, I don't know. Even if he said he was okay with it too, you know, in the back of his mind, he was like, Oh, I could have done it. Like when a pitcher's feeling it and is rolling through innings like that, the way he was, he, he had the chance to do it. You don't pull a guy when he's doing that. I'm sorry. That's my call out. Fair enough. I accept that as a call out. All right. I'm glad you do. And I'm glad that all of you lovely listeners out there decided to tune in one more time to us, the expansion buddies podcast. Uh, We appreciate each and every one of you for listening, wherever you listen from, whether it be iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the can on a string. We love that each and every one of you feel the need uh, or the want to tune into us every week uh, to hear what we have to say. Uh, Hopefully you agree with a little bit of it, but at the very least, we hope you're entertained. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at the expansion BU one. That's the number one, same handle for both. Um, Interact with us there. We love hearing from you guys. Um, And until next week, I've been Jared, that's been Justin, and never forget, party like it's 1976.